Nowadays, there's stuff, and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and today we're going to be taking a look at the DC animated film Wonder Woman Bloodlines. Now this film, it's the 36th uh, overall film uh, in the DC uh, Universe animated original movies line. However, this is actually the 13th movie in the DC animated movie universe. The DC AMU, if you will. So what kind of separates that? Uh, just really, really quickly here. So yeah, DC, sorry, DC Animation has put out, like I said, 36 films. This is the, this is the latest one, uh, Bloodlines. However, if you take a look at uh, Flashpoint, Flashpoint is kind of the kicking off point for uh, the DC uh, AMU, if you will. Really, um, with the films, you know, from Flashpoint going forward up up right up into uh, bloodlines uh they pretty much take place in the continuity of the new 52 uh that's probably a good way to really think about it so that being said we're going to take a look at this film today wonder woman bloodlines uh, i've looked at other dc animated films in the past uh suicide squad hell to pay justice league dark bloodlines fits right in there with that it's right in that universe and uh yeah i mean i'm just gonna say it right now there's gonna be some spoilers as i go on from here and uh away we go so really what we get here in the beginning is you know we do get sort of the sort of the uh origin of wonder woman um I mean, you know, this is a story that's been told over and over. If you've watched the uh, first Wonder Woman film, you get the origin story. If you've watched other uh, Wonder Woman animated films, you get the origin story as well. And, uh, you know, Bloodlines is no different. But I would say that the difference here is that it's it's very, very quick. Steve Trevor, ace pilot, uh, he's... His aircraft is damaged during battle, and he's actually doing battle with... Um, I don't want to say mythological creatures, but definitely like an alien, alien type of a creature. And uh, aircraft is damaged, and because of that, he actually falls into Themyscira. Wonder Woman rescues him. Um, she sees that he's a very noble person. Uh, she makes the comment that um, she witnessed the air battle. She saw that these aliens took down um, the rest of his squad. And even though they were really about to take him down uh you know his aircraft was severely damaged he really he fought on to the to the bitter end pretty much so right then and there steve trevor wins the respect of wonder woman um they heal his wounds with and i love this here it's a purple light you know wonder woman tells him uh or i should say diana she's not wonder woman yet diana tells him um you know it's it's you know it's a purple light it's healing you it's like wow that's cool what do you guys call it she's like the purple light um so Steve is healed and learns that his case, quote unquote, his case is going to be put up uh, in front of a tribunal, uh, Hippolyta, Diana's mother. Uh, but Diana comes later that day to the prison cell where he's being kept to free him to basically say that, you know, it's not right. It's not right what uh, Hippolyta is doing. It's about time that the Amazons reveal themselves to the world of man. She talks about a, a prophecy, how, you know, a man would come 
in need and uh, a champion of Themyscira was going to go out into the world. And then this is basically what we get right there. But one thing that I do want to touch on here is, you know, yes, this is your traditional Wonder Woman story. However, what we get is when she and Steve are escaping, uh, Hippolyta confronts her. Um, we see that she has the Lasso of Truth, she has her sword, uh, and she has the traditional Wonder Woman armor. Um, she tells Steve to kind of head on down to the boat She'll take care of this. Uh, Steve kind of takes it to mean that, excuse me, that Diana's going to be saying goodbye to her mother. But what we get here is that Hippolyta actually confronts her and says, you know, what you're doing is is treason, essentially. You're stealing. You stole the sword. You stole the armor. And uh, either surrender now or you have to face the person that guards it, which is, of course, Hippolyta, uh, Wonder Woman very strongly believes in what she's doing, that she was put here to help the world of man, and she, she in fact, fights her mother. Um, she feels horrible about this. You know, later on, uh, you know, and, and I think, I think that's, you know, when we look at this, when we look at Bloodlines, yes, this is a Wonder Woman, this is a Wonder Woman animated film, and there's a lot of action in it. Yes, she fights Cheetah, she fights Giganta, she fights uh, Silver Swan. I mean, she kind of has her rogues gallery here. In fact, in this film, um, if you follow Wonder Woman in the comics at all, uh, Villainy Incorporated, this is kind of the beginning of Villainy Incorporated. Um, we get Dr. Poison in here. Uh, there's a couple of other villains, I believe, that do make an appearance. Uh, Cheetah Giganta, Dr. Poison, Dr. Cyber as well. That was the other one. Yes, thank you. Um, and even though, like I said, even though we're getting classic Wonder Woman here and, and we're getting the battles and we're getting her her cry for feminism and really just showing that women can do probably a better job than men can do, I'm going to say that the heart of this film is really deals with uh, the relationships between mothers and daughters. Um we see it here in the beginning when Diana wants to leave Themyscira and she's confronted by Hippolyta, who is not only the queen, but is her mother as well. Um, you know, but later on here, uh, we get more mother-daughter dynamics. Um, Wonder Woman does come to uh, the United States. She does come into the, the world of man. And here, you know, she gets introduced to Dr. Julia um, I'm going to butcher this last name. Uh, she gets introduced to Dr. Julia Capitellis and her daughter, um, her daughter Vanessa. Uh, and here we see the the dynamic between Julia and Vanessa. Uh, Julia is a world-renowned archaeologist, just like her father was. She is hoping that Vanessa will do the same. Vanessa, of course, you know, she's kind of living under, I don't want to say under the thumb, but she has a very strong mother. And um, Julia is very, very excited. She's very excited to have a, a real live Amazon, a real live princess in her home, because basically... The reason that she's brought to Dr. Capitalis, I hope I pronounced that right. The reason she's brought to Dr. Capitalis is Dr. Capitalis is pretty much going to get her acclimated with this new world. Um, Vanessa, of course, becomes very, very jealous. I mean, she's she's struggling. She's struggling to get her mother's attention. She's struggling to get her mother's love. And now, you know, this woman, this Wonder Woman, shows up out of nowhere and really just 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 steals her mother away from her, at least in Vanessa's eyes, steals her mother away from her just by showing up. Uh, you know, Vanessa feels that, you know, I'm I'm her daughter and, and I'm doing everything to try to please her and she doesn't give me the time of day. And here comes this princess, this Amazon, this mythological figure just literally sets foot in our house and I'm forgotten. To her credit, 
Diana does reach out to Vanessa and, you know, first by telling her that, you know, hey, look, you know, I know what it's like to live under not a strict mother, but uh, a controlling mother, a strong mother. I know what it's like. And Diana really goes out of her way to reach out to Vanessa. But despite all that, you know, Vanessa sees Julia just become much, much closer to Diana than she could ever hope for. Cut to five years later. Um, she comes out as Wonder Woman. And it's very interesting. We get that right before she kind of makes her public debut as Wonder Woman. She makes a very private debut to Julia and Vanessa, uh, Steve Trevor. And of course, you can't have Wonder Woman without Etta Candy. Um, so she pretty much presents herself to them before that, before prevent, just try that again before presenting herself to the world as Wonder Woman. Um, Julia is a little like, ooh, look a little risque there and sort of also poses the question, you know, do you really think you could do this? Do you really think that, you know, you can change the world? You can make this world of man a better place? Vanessa, of course, is very, very jealous. Uh, she's very, very critical of it. <clears throat> you know, Wonder Woman, that sounds stupid. The costume looks stupid. Being a superhero is very, very stupid yada 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 um but she goes out diana goes out and she of course as we know becomes wonder woman cut to five years later we're in the hall of justice steve, steve trevor meets her there because uh dr dr capitalis is back julia is back she's very very concerned um it's five years later vanessa has uh, also become an archaeologist and she works for um a woman by the name of veronica kale uh dr veronica kale who actually owns a pharmaceutical company however is relying upon julia and vanessa to find different uh archaeological finds and relics and things that can help her in her research uh julia is very concerned it seems that she's discovered emails that vanessa is most likely going to take some of these very recent artifacts and sell them we find out that she is selling them in, uh, in fact to dr cyber and dr poison um when Wonder Woman tracks them down, this is where we get the beginnings of uh, Villain He Incorporated. Uh, she's first confronted by Giganta, who is itching for a fight. Giganta has a serum now, which seems to make her bigger and stronger. However, <laughs> you're not going to stop Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman easily puts her down. Uh, and in the process is trying to stop Vanessa from selling this artifact. Uh, there is uh, there is an ambush. Dr. Poison has some troops there. And... Uh, you know, she she makes away with this artifact. We don't really know anything about it just yet. However, you know, Julia was accompanying them. Uh, she wanted to try to talk Vanessa out of this. And in the crossfire, somehow she ends up being shot. What we get here is really, really interesting. And again, like I said, I think kind of the highlight of this film is the dynamics between mothers and daughters. Uh, it's actually Vanessa that discovers her mother shot and dying. When Wonder Woman comes over, Julia actually looks to her, reaches out to her, calls out to her, kind of like uses her dying breath. I mean, this is just too much for Vanessa. We see that Vanessa eventually aligns herself with Dr. Cyber and Dr. Poison. Dr. Poison uses a, a serum, a formula, what have you, to basically transform her into uh, a being known as the Silver Swan. She almost looks like a, a harpy of mythological times. Um, she has a cybernetic suit, uh, wings, she has a sonic scream, uh, enhanced speed, enhanced strength, and what have you. Um, and really, you know, this is really where the movie just really kind of kicks it into high gear. Uh, we, we discover that, um, 
you know, Wonder Woman does, uh, you know, again, confronts Vanessa, um, <clears throat> is able to defeat her. She brings her to Dr. Kale. Dr. Kale is going to do her best to try to fix her. We get a little foreshadowing here because Dr. Kale says, oh, wow, somebody must have stole my technology because the thing is, is, you know, these aren't cybernetic implants on Vanessa. It's actually a techno-organic techno virus. This is what's, you know, causing the wings and the armor and, and all these abilities to kind of grow and blossom. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we are going to find a cure for it. Wonder Woman can find a cure for it. She knows that the cure for this is on Themyscira. However, since she left Themyscira, uh, she no longer knows how to find it. That's kind of the, I don't want to say curse, but that's sort of like the protection around Themyscira. Once you leave it, you'll never be able to find it again. So they embark on a journey to try to discover Themyscira. Uh, again, you know... Wonder Woman is based a lot on Greek mythology and, uh, you know, the labyrinth comes into play, the Minotaur comes into play, uh, there's an oracle, a prophecy, and because of all this, because of the vision that she had um, and some of the things that she saw in it, Dr. Kale is able to determine the location of Themyscira. However, it's too late because um, apparently Dr. Cyber was monitoring all this and is like, thank you, ladies. Now, I know where to find Themyscira and all of its technology. Uh, you know, so Wonder Woman, Steve Trevor, and Etta Candy, because <laughs> Etta Candy wants to go on this mission. She actually has a great line here. Um, she's complaining about going to Themyscira. Steve points out that, you know, you wanted to come along on this. And she's like, yeah, I'm really hoping that some of those Amazons like it thick. Uh, for those that don't know, yes, Etta Candy is lesbian. And she wants her some Amazons. Diana does promise to hook her up. She goes, hey, look, if we make it through this and we don't die, I'll put in a good word for you. Wonder Woman, always looking out for her friends. Um, what we get here is that uh, Dr. Cyber, Dr. Poison, they want to uh, attack them Themyscira. They want to get their hands on this otherworldly technology and the artifacts that they were collecting and everything that they were doing uh, to, to help them get to this point. And actually, it turns out that they're resurrecting Medusa. However, Medusa, you know, the Gorgon uh, with her gaze that turns people to stone, has a plan of her own. She is a mortal enemy of the Amazon. She quickly turns on poison and cyber and uh, really is looking. She doesn't care about the technology. She doesn't care about any of this. She simply wants revenge and she wants to destroy the Amazons for herself. I mean, the Amazons put up a great fight here, but again, they're going up against Medusa. Now, this is a Medusa who, like I said, she turns on Cyber and Poison. She pretty much destroys Dr. Uh, Cyber. She's going to kill Dr. Poison. Dr. Poison tries to negotiate with her. She basically says, look, I have a formula. I can make you bigger and stronger than you ever were. Medusa kills her anyway, takes it, becomes even more powerful. Uh, the Amazons do try to put up a good fight, but they are no match against the Gorgon. Wonder Woman does arrive on the scene, and, uh, you know, she does put up a fight. And in the process, you know, the the silver during this battle, uh, Wonder Woman goes out of her way to protect the Silver Swan. Silver Swan sees this, uh, decides to help Wonder Woman out. <laughs> Tremendous fight here. I mean... You know, again, the animation is really incredible, but I think it goes a lot deeper than that. Um, you know, the writer of this, uh, the writer, the director, uh, everybody that really worked on this story, you know, not only do they highlight the action, <clears throat> and like I said, there's plenty of action in this film, they really, like I said, again, it's these relationships. It's these relationships between women. It's relationships between mother and daughter. Not only that, you really, really get the character of Wonder Woman here. Um, jumping around a little bit here, let's just talk about how 
how bloodlines really capture the character of Wonder Woman. Um, when she meets Steve Trevor and learns about, I mean, not learns about the world of man, but sort of realizes that, you know, we have been hiding in the shadows for too long. We were put on this earth to really aid the world of man, and now it's time. So we see that conviction that she has. We also see that courage that she has to face off against her mother when she wants to leave. Um, not courage in the sense that, uh, you know, she's going to fight her mother. Can she win? What will happen? It's really more the courage of, oh, my God, I'm confronting my mother. Um, you know, just really, I think, like any other child out there, Diana wants the love and approval of her mother. She wants, you know, she wants to know that her mother believes that she is doing a good job and, you know, to, to raise, to raise a sword, you know, against her own mother, uh, to disobey her mother like that. It's something that we see for the rest of the movie that Diana really, really regrets until the very end. Uh, between Julia and Vanessa, we do see that dynamic between, um, Diana and Julia, Diana and Vanessa herself. You know, we see these relationships. The other thing that's really, really interesting here is for a majority of the film, she sees Steve Trevor as a colleague. And and Steve, to his credit, sees Wonder Woman as a colleague as well, sees Diana as a colleague as well. Is he attracted to her? Yes, absolutely he is. Um, is he in love with her? Yeah, he, he probably is. However, he sees... He sees the type of woman that she is. He he sees her strength of character. He sees her conviction. He sees her dedication. And because of that, because he sees that she's really doing, she's really very selflessly doing all of this, doing everything that she does, joining the Justice League, taking on missions, trying to make the world a better place. He puts all of his, I don't want to say concerns, but he puts all of his, you know, feelings and, 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 love and everything that he has for Diana, he puts it to the side for the mission. Uh, really, <clears throat> I would almost think inspired by Diana, you know, knowing, well, partly knowing the sacrifice that she made by leaving Themyscira and just seeing how she dedicates herself to being a champion for the world. I mean, I think he follows that example by maybe I should put my selfish needs, you know, expressing my love to Diana, I should probably put that aside to help her make the world a better place. You know, and, and this is something, this is something in comics that I love. You know, you look at, you know, some of these pairings, you look at, and I think the perfect example is you look at uh, Superman and Lois Lane. Um, I mean, clearly, it, they're more than boyfriend, girlfriend, they're more than husband and wife. Um, you know, but I think the difference between Superman and Lois Lane and Steve Trevor and uh, Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, is the fact that Steve and Diana see each other as partners. Um, you know, they, they both have that common goal. They want to do good in the world. They want to make the world a better place. Steve clearly recognizes that Diana has a set of skills that he could never even hope to possess. You know, he sees her as the warrior that she is. Um, the strength, the invulnerability, the flight, uh, her fighting skills, her martial skills in general. Um, also, her ability really just to, to fight to the bitter end. Um, you know, the selflessness that she has. Uh, Steve sees that and... He's not intimidated by it. He's not threatened by it. He's not put off by it. He accepts it. He accepts her. You know, he sees her as a colleague that just has a different set of skills than he does. Um, you know, and, and conversely, I mean, I think 
Diana, you know, Wonder Woman looks at Steve Trevor and sees the same thing. You know, she sees a very capable partner. Steve can handle himself. You know, she knows that Steve has her back and Steve knows that she has his back. But I don't think at any time Wonder Woman ever feels that like, oh, my God. Steve shouldn't come with me. He'll be in danger. I'll have to like really protect him and 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 lose focus on the mission. It never happens, you know. When um when they're trying to find Themyscira and they find this island where the um where the labyrinth is and uh, in the middle of it, like I said, there's going to be an oracle that Diana believes uh, can help help her find Themyscira. She they are attacked by Cheetah and you know. Right away, she just tells Steve to take Etta Candy, Etta's with them, to go inside the labyrinth. You know, knowing full well there's probably danger inside the labyrinth. Um, you know, knowing that she alone can defeat Cheetah, but knowing that Steve could take care of Etta as they're in the labyrinth. And in fact, you know, by the time she wraps up her fight, excuse me, by the time she wraps up her fight with Cheetah and makes her way into the middle of the uh, labyrinth, she sees that Steve, air quotes here, <laughs> Steve has defeated the Minotaur, um, you know, and and she's not shocked. She's not like, whoa, hey, how did this happen? She knows. She knows that Steve Trevor is capable. And what I like seeing in this is that they didn't, you know, unlike we see in other iterations of, of like Wonder Woman stories, uh, you know, there was an animated film that came out a few years back. Carrie Russell did the voice of, of Diana Prince, Wonder Woman. Uh, you know, there was the Wonder Woman movie with Gal Gadot, of course. Um, I think what we see here is, yes, as soon as Steve Trevor sees Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, is he smitten by her? Yes, absolutely. You know, she's an Amazon. She's beautiful. She's, she's you know... She's a dream girl, basically. You know, uh, just like in every other iteration, he's, I must be in heaven and you are an angel. And of course, throughout the rest of the film, he's calling her angel. Um, but again, when we cut to five years later, they're partners. They're equal partners. Um, again, there's no hubris in Wonder Woman. You know, she's not like, eh, he's the guy that just comes by. He flies me from place to place. You know, I'm the muscle you know, I'm the main fighting force here. No, Steve is just a, a valued member of her team and vice versa. And what I really like seeing here is that for a majority of the film, this romantic tension or, or whatnot is really, it's not even mentioned at all towards the end when they are going back to Themyscira and Wonder Woman is in the back of the invisible jet, you know, and she's um, she's deep in her thoughts. And Etta Candy kind of makes a comment that, you know, this isn't going to end well. And Steve's like, no, we're going to win this fight. And Etta's like, no, I'm not talking about that. Talk about the fact that we're going back to Themyscira. Diana's going back to Themyscira. She might not return unless she has something to return to. Steve goes back there to talk to her. Um and they do express their love for each other. Uh, we get a funny comment earlier on when Etta gives them the invisible jet. Uh, it's actually funny because they, Steve says, we need to get somewhere quick, you know, quick and quiet and this and that. And next thing you know, they're in the invisible jet. To which Steve says to Etta, you stole an invisible jet. And she's like, Steve, invisible jets don't exist. But they're flying around in the invisible jet. And Steve, hey, listen. You remember from the top, you know, everything we know about Steve Trevor, he's a pilot at heart. And to fly the invisible jet, he's actually kind of thrilled about it. Like, you know, it's been a while since I flied. I really, really love it. Diana kind of makes a comment and gives him a little bit of a look like, well, you've never flown with me. And he fires right back. Well, these last few years, you've been flying with Superman. Dramatic pause. Well, I'm not flying with Superman anymore. 
take that for what you will. All in all, this was a really great film. Like I said, uh, there's no shortage of action at all. From start to finish, there's a lot of action. But I think the story here is very, very good. Like I said, the complex relationships between mothers and daughters, especially when the mother is a very strong mother, not an overbearing mother, not a, um, a mean, evil, strict mother, just a mother that has a very, very strong presence, which produces a daughter that wants to live up to those standards and wants that love of their mother. Um, relationships between sisters. Uh, you know, all the Amazons on Themyscira are sisters, or, you know, they call themselves sister. Like when Diana returns, you know, that's one of the things that she says, you know, you know, when she's welcome back, you know, she, she kind of makes that comment that, you know, I'm glad to be among my sisters again. Um, she, oh, <laughs> Julia and Vanessa, she calls them her sisters. Etta Candy is her sister. You know, this this bond of sisterhood, and 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 again, not a biological bond, but you know, just a relationship type bond. I mean, it's explored here a little bit. Um, also, what's really good about it, like I said, going forward, we have the formation of of Villainy Incorporated. Um, you know, yes, Doctor Cyber most likely is dead. Uh, as is Dr. Poison, but however, we get a stinger scene at the end and we see that there was somebody else, of course there's always somebody else who's behind it all, who set everything up. One funny thing about this stinger scene, um, I, I really didn't get it. I actually had to rewatch it again because I was like, did this just happen? But Wonder Woman figures it out. She figures out who's behind it. She confronts the person. The person is like, yeah, it was me and I did all this stuff. And Wonder Woman's like, well... I'm the champion of Themyscira, and if you come at Themyscira, you gotta deal with me. Why don't you just deal with her right then and there? Um, you know she's gonna be up to no good. You know she's she's gonna go back to Themyscira and try to steal all that technology. I, I just, like, I don't get it. You, you know the plan. <laughs> you know the plan. You know the person behind it. You just admitted to them that you know, so... She knows that you know. You know that she knows you know. <laughs> but I guess we're going to set up something else. So it's it's pretty pretty it's pretty interesting. Like I said, Villainy Incorporated, Cheetah Giganta are still out there. I'm sure we're going to get more Wonder Woman villains coming in some of the next ones. Um, where does this one rank among other, uh, among other DC animated films? <sighs> That's a tough one. That's really a tough one. Um, I mean, I think this was a very good. I think this is a very good story. Um, I do like the Wonder Woman stories a lot. Like I said, you get a great mix of action. You get a great mix of drama with them. Um, I would say, I, I think this is probably one of the better ones. I still think um, I still think Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, probably a little bit better than this one. Uh, Justice League Dark, a little bit better than this one. Um, the Death of Superman better than this one however this is clearly better than reign of the superman uh reign of the superman was just not a good film i would say out of five stars uh i give wonder woman bloodlines three and a half stars uh overall it's a good story great animation great action sequences uh and i definitely think it's a it's a film you know you should you should run right out check it out and uh enjoy it Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor. Head on over to Instagram. Stuff You Don't Need to Know podcast is there. I post pictures about the stuff that I talk about. Every once in a while, I will put up a poll. I also want to give a shout out to some other podcasting buddies of mine. As you know, I do two other podcasts. Uh, I do Enter the Nerd Zone with my good friend Pete. Uh, anywhere you find this podcast, you will find that podcast as well. 
uh, with my friend John, who also I want to give his podcast a shared, uh, shout out, <clears throat> Nerd and Me. He and Alan do a great nerd-related uh, podcast, heavily skewed towards the 80s, which of course, as you know, is the greatest decade ever. I grew up during it, so of course it's the best. Uh, but John from Nerd and Me, he and I do <clears throat> a podcast called Our Story. It's an American history podcast. Uh, currently, you can find it on Anchor and Google Play and a couple of other places. I suggest going over to Anchor. Look for our story, and you will find it. Also, want to give a shout out to uh, give a shout out to another podcast that I've recently started listening to. Uh, I've made a couple appearances on it via phone call. It's Kevin and John's Big Stupid Podcast. Um, Kevin and John are friends. Uh, every week or so, they get together, talk about a lot of different topics. Uh, one of the reasons I like listening to them is they actually do do a lot of Star Wars content. Um, so look for that big stupid podcast, uh, pretty much anywhere, again, anywhere you find this podcast, you'll find that one as well. This is Jay and I'll talk to you guys later.